0: We thank you, Lord, your steadfast love, truly. It goes on and on and on forevermore. Your mercies are made new every single morning. You love us so much, God. It's, it's way beyond what we can contain. Father, we ask that you would continue to reveal this to us. We trust you have a plan. And we thank you for what you are about to do in our midst, in this city, in this nation for your glory. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So for the past two weeks now, we've been uh, on this discussion called Church Renewal. And um, so far, uh, we answered two of three questions. And so the three questions were, what is church renewal? Why do we need church renewal? And how do we get there? How do we get church renewal? And so the first two weeks, the first week was what is church renewal? And uh, if you remember that talk, I uh, used the analogy of a plant that I had in my house. It was called a lamb's ear, uh, a lamb's ear, and uh, I could totally see why. You know, it looks like a lamb's ear. It actually feels like a lamb's ear. Really neat uh, plant. And we had it on a shelf where there's no sunlight, and we never watered it, like never. And so it died. It withered. It turned brown. And but when I found it, it was probably months and months, maybe close to a year. Okay, that it was up on this shelf. Uh, for those of you who moved us, you would know where that shelf was in Ezra's room. It's just in the tucked in the corner, no light, you know. And uh, so it was. It was on the shelf and. When I found it, I thought, oh, man, surely this plant could come back to life, right? (laughs) And so I watered it and watered it and put it by sunlight and watered it. And sure enough, it came back to life. It did. It was restored, like beautiful. Then little baby shoots started growing out of it. And I remember at that time, God spoke to me and said, this is renewal. This is a picture of renewal that when... It seems like all hope is lost. I am the hope of the world, and I can bring the dead back to life. And I thought, wow. Yeah, and so we talked about, you know, what is church renewal? And that's, that's pretty much it, you know, going back to its original purpose. Um, and so last week we talked about why we need uh, church renewal. And uh, well, like the withered plant, we talked about how the state of the church in North America... Um Canada and the United States is is pretty bad. You know, the Christianity is in decline, uh majorly in decline. Uh, many many churches, in fact in the U in the United States, close to four thousand churches close their doors every year. Only a thousand or so open, uh start a new church, and that's that's just a sign of unhealthy growth. It's just not healthy. And so it's much like that withered plant, right? It's dying. Um, and so, I, and, and there's many, and there's people leaving the church, but there's, there's many reasons for why people leave a church, right? I understand it's, it's, uh, it's a very broad topic. I mean, they leave because of, you know, poor leadership style. They leave because of different worship, uh, styles or preaching style. They, they leave because there's a youth ministry or children's ministry at another church. You know, uh, some people leave because of a disillusionment with, uh, established religion, established Christ, you know, established church. Uh, And so that's another reason why people leave. Uh, People leave because of inner hurts. And, uh, you know, some people leave because of church size. Too big, too small, too medium, whatever, right? There's many reasons why people leave a church. Uh, But one of the reasons that I spoke about last week is that people leave because they do not encounter or experience God in the church. And the beautiful thing about church renewal is that that's exactly what it is. It starts with an encounter with God. Church renewal starts with an encounter with God. We talked about Peter. Here's a picture of Peter. That's, well, it's not actually Peter, but some dude that played Peter, you know. I'd be like, whoa, nice looking Peter. Anyway, right? Peter, before Jesus was uh, taken to the cross or as he was being taken away, He denied Jesus three times. He ran. He was afraid, filled with fear. Suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon him and he completely changed. Something completely radically different happened to Peter. And he started preaching the very gospel that he was running away from. That's a picture of church renewal. That's what happens. From an encounter, his life got flipped around. Another person, the Apostle Paul. Just kidding (laughs) just kidding i want one of those by the way so if anyone ever finds those it's it's a hat with a beard because i can't grow a beard like derek um so that's the closest i'll ever get anyway this is paul okay the apostle paul again radically changed by an encounter with god right he was a persecutor of the faith he was a fanatic a religious fanatic that killed christians suddenly on the road to Damascus, he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he's completely changed. And he begins to preach the very message that he wanted to put an end to. That's the power of the encounter that we are looking for. And there's some of us here in this very church who have encountered the presence of God in your life. You know, God brought healing. I mean, we have, we have healing testimonies that are so amazing. Amazing. Right? That God brought healing and restoration to our bodies in, in ways that we never thought c- could be possible. And so out of an encounter like that, it brings us closer to God. So a healing touch. We sense this freedom. Some of us have been set free within, within our inner life right? by the power and presence of God. And it brings us closer to Him. God has provided for us in ways that are beyond measure, beyond understanding. Right? And again, it leads us closer to Him from that encounter. That kind of thing that we experience as individual Christians, we need on a massive scale, a church-wide scale, and that's church renewal. And so today I'm going to try and answer the final question. How do we get church renewal? To start, let's turn to our Bibles. If you have have your Bibles here, uh, turn to the book of uh, Lamentations that's a book that we I hardly uh, ever read but anyway it's it's in the bible lamentations right after jeremiah and i'm going to read one verse from chapter 5 and that's verse uh, 21 so lamentations chapter 5 verse 21 says this restore us to yourself o lord that we may be restored renew our days as of old restore us to yourself o lord that we may be restored. I just read the same thing twice. Renew our days as of old. Now this is an interesting passage. Uh, to get a better understanding of uh, why Jeremiah or why the author wrote this, uh, we need to look at the, the whole book of Lamentations and read what it's about. Okay? So the book of Lamentations is pretty much that. It's a book of lamenting. Now the word lament means a passionate expression of grief And sorrow. Okay, take for instance how the the book of Lamentations starts. This is how it starts. The first three verses of Lamentations starts like this: How lonely sits the city that was full of people? How like a widow has she become? She who has she who was great among the nations, she who was a princess among the provinces, has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks among all her lovers she has none to comfort her all her friends have dealt treacherously with her they have become her enemies Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude she now dwells she dwells now among the nations but finds no resting place her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of her distress okay so that's how the book of lamentations starts It's lamenting the the current state of of Judah. Now, the author was probably the prophet Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah doesn't write his name. It doesn't say who the author is there. But given the context uh, of of when this has taken place, many scholars agree that it was probably the prophet Jeremiah sometime after Babylon invaded Judah uh, in around 586 B.C., And uh, the people of God, they were taken away into exile to a foreign land. A lot of the uh, elites, the the religious leaders and so on, um, wealthy landowners and so on, they were taken away uh, to Babylon. And so um, in the midst of such hopelessness, uh, Jeremiah uh, is is in the land and he's writing this lament. And uh, by the end of the book, in verse 21 of chapter 5, that's the last, uh, towards the end of the whole book, That's when he writes, restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days of old. Now, currently, the decline of the church and the growing persecution globally of Christians, you know, 80% of Christendom is persecuted. 80% of Christians in this world are being persecuted on some way or another. In some countries, it's brutal persecution. North Korea, the Arab nations, uh, People are dying for their faith and the numbers keep rising. Uh, Open Doors releases those statistics every year and it's, it's just it's alarming what's happening. It's getting worse and, and it's slowly creeping here as well. And so this, this state of hopelessness is worthy of lamenting as well. And in many ways, we need to say these words to God now. We need to, we need to cry out to God right now. And the number one thing that we need to do as a church is to pray exactly what Jeremiah was saying in in verse 521, praying for renewal, restoration. We need to pray. Now, I didn't know this, but apparently the average uh, Christian in North America prays three minutes a day. And the average pastor prays five minutes a day. I did not know. I heard this statistic uh, at a conference that I was at. Now, I'm not the type of person that says, okay, uh, I need to uh, pray X amount of minutes per day, and I, I'm in God's good books. You know, I need to pray 30 minutes. I used to be kind of like that. And so I'd have to, you know, read stuff and just try to fill time. And so I, I'm not a minute taker uh, per se, but when I heard this statistic, I said, wow, there's, something's got to be done here. You know, because uh, it just shows a state of unhealthy relationship with God, right? That, that that's how much uh, we pray here in North America, And again, I'm not pointing fingers. There's days where I'm like, you know, I pray probably zero minutes a day. I don't know. So as a pastor too, I'm right in there as well, okay? Uh, We all need some kind of encounter with God to change that. And uh, church renewal, I believe, is the answer. Jeremiah, I believe, gives us an answer as to how we can turn things around. If we look at... Uh, what he's saying in chapter 5 in the context of Lamentations. He's looking at a situation. It looks hopeless. you know, And he is looking to God. His faith is in God. That's what we need to have. We need to get back to that place of faith in God. Perhaps you're in a situation right now. I don't know. Perhaps you're in a time where you know, just the world all around you, it's, it's mean. You just... The world is really mean right now. You're going through a tough time. Everything around you seems to be going wrong. Uh, there's issues in relationships, uh, family crisis, whatever, financial. You know, Things might be going, uh, are tough times right now perhaps. You're going through something like that. I just want to encourage you that prayer is the language of faith. You know, trust in God, look to God. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. He's giving us that uh, key that we need for church renewal, number one is prayer. James talks about this in his letter in uh, the book of James chapter 4, verse 3, where he says, you do not have because you do not ask. And so in our time of great need, we need to look to the one who has the answer, and that's God. Our prayer level must rise, and it will rise as our faith level rises. Now, one of the things that attracted me to Trinity Church Uh, Many years ago, when Allie and I were looking for a church to uh, attend, um, I've shared this with you before, but there was a a poster here on a stand with the vision statement. And I remember it started, We are a house of prayer. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I I haven't heard that, really. In a church, we are a house of prayer. Like, wow. And so that actually uh, really attracted us to this church. And when, then, when we saw how much emphasis we put on prayer, we thought this is the place we need to be. Um, there's, a, there's a level of faith here uh, that is very encouraging. And so uh, over the years, it's been exciting to see how God has uh, uh, been answering some of the prayers that we've been praying, you know, um, in our lives, especially as well. When Ali, my wife, was going through some health complications, the church came alongside and prayed, and prayed and prayed and prayed and today she is you know perfectly uh back to normal uh her blood counts are normal it's just been great and i believe it's a it's the power of prayer you know and that's our faith level here is 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 high and so we're going to press in for more of this i believe as we you know look to tomorrow and the new year we're going to be pressing in for more and pray uh more and uh, we have some prayer initiatives that are already in the making Uh, If you go in the the, the prayer portable, there's some things that we're writing on the board there uh, saying, God, we want to see these things happen in 2015. And uh, one of the things is, Lord, we want to see 15 new believers, like brand new, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, new believers, God, in 2015, right? And so we're going to need 15 baptisms, God. We want to see 15 people baptized. I don't think that's impossible. Last year, we baptized 10 right? We, you know, I believe God can make that happen. We need to pray into that. And another thing, 50 people at Alpha, Lord. We want to see 50 people come out to Alpha, and 50 people come out to prayer, you know. 50 people here, 50, no. We want to see people being changed and transformed here, God. And so we're, we're, we're coming, up these, coming up with these prayer initiatives right now, and we're going to launch it and just go more intense in 2015 in prayer. I believe God is going to answer them We're going to see that happen. And what happens when we see God answer prayer? Our faith level rises. And when our faith level rises, it pleases God, right? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 says that. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God rewards those who seek him. He rewards us by answering us. And by answering us, we grow in our faith in him. When we grow in our faith in him, he is pleased and the cycle continues and goes on and on. So church, I want to encourage us. Let us continue to move in this trajectory so that our faith level will rise. We'll be a faith-filled church that we would seek God and pray to him. I believe that when we do this, we're going to see a flipping of the numbers at Trinity Church, the decline of Christianity, where they say 60% of youth are leaving the church, I believe that's not going to be a statistic here. I'm going to make that statement by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may that not happen here, that we would not see a decline in the youth, that we would see a revival amongst the youth, that we would see growth, that we would see new life. I believe that as we continue to pray, we'll see that. So let's make it happen. Let's pray. And second thing we need to do for church renewal to take place is this. God must be our all in all. He must be our all in all. And this might seem simple. In fact, the first two things might seem simple. Really, these are the only two points I have. How do we get church renewal? Number one, pray. Number two, God must be our all in all. Sounds simple. It's not. We need to really make God our all in all. You see, Christianity in the West, Jesus is merely our Savior. Now, when I say that, I am not diminishing the utter importance of that truth. Okay? Jesus is our Savior. Of course he is. He is the only name under heaven by which people must be saved. He is our Savior. Absolutely. But we stop it there. Jesus must also be our Lord. Our Lord. Now, in the Greek, the word for Lord is kurios. Let me hear you say kurios. Okay, kurios. The word kurios means... A person who exercises absolute ownership rights. That's what curiosity. means. That's what Lord means. A person who exercises absolute ownership rights. Another term would be master. Jesus is our master. He is our king. Our all in all. We sing songs about that. You are my strength and when I am weak, you you are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Right? We have songs about this. Yet, for the most part, in North America, we do not live that way. We say it, but functionally, he is not Lord. Jesus must be our functional Lord. What on earth does that mean? Our functional Lord. What that means is this. Jesus is the one we live for. Our lives are centered around him, completely centered around him. We live to honor him. We live to please him. We live according to what he says for our lives. Jesus must be our functional Lord in all that we do in every moment of our lives. Now, I want to make this disclaimer, though, that there's a difference between making Jesus our functional Lord and religion, okay? Two totally different things. I'm not saying we need to live religiously by keeping a set of traditions and rules. That's not it. When we do that, we'll become like the Pharisees, you know, who honors God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. So that's not what I'm talking about, right? It's not about doing all the right things. It's about the intent of my doing. Okay, let me say that again. It's not about doing all the right things. It's all about the intent of my doing. What I do, I do for one reason—to bring glory to Jesus. That my life will somehow bring him glory; that he would be glorified. Now, here is the paradox of the Christian life. When we think of bringing Jesus glory in light of his lordship, we tend to think of of it in terms of an earthly, you know, slave-master type relationship. But it isn't like that. Jesus calls us his friends. He came to serve us. He came to be a ransom for many. So bringing Jesus' glory isn't like an earthly slave and an earthly master. It truly is something unique. In fact, it is the most fulfilling thing in our entire lives. Do you remember I said a saying uh, 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 maybe a month ago? Uh, John Piper, one of the great evangelical preachers of today, Um, he had a statement that he, you know, he has a lot of quotes, a lot of one-liners. I love his one-liners, okay? He had a a one-liner. This is what it said. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Our maximum satisfaction in this life is when we live for the glory of his name. It's the paradox of the Christian life. We don't live for ourselves. We live for him. And yet there is complete, total satisfaction in my life when I let go of my life for him. That is a recipe for revival in this church. So what does it mean for us to do that? What do we need to do to make Jesus our functional Lord in our lives? For different people, it's different things. Right? Jesus went to the rich young ruler and he said, you got to sell everything. What? Do you remember that story? But Jesus didn't say that to everyone. He said it to him because that, that was a stumbling block for that guy. And it was. He was like, what? And he walked away. But with Peter, James, John, he said, follow me. And they did. And so it's different things for different people. Some of us, we may need to, um, you know, ask ourselves, what are the things that occupy the most time in my life? The most mental real estate in my life. What occupies my life the most? Is it God or what is it? What are those things? What are those things that block me from entering into God's presence? What is it? Ask yourself those things. And God will reveal it to you. And it's about Laying those things down. Because oftentimes those things, we think they bring us satisfaction in life, but it really doesn't. It's a blindfold. The true satisfaction in our lives is when we make Jesus our functional Lord, our, our all in all. So for some of us here, making Jesus functional Lord of our lives means getting up at five in the morning and meeting with a bunch of men in the portable on Tuesday mornings, that's crazy, it sounds crazy, right, I'm just amazed at, you know, there's two, two Tuesdays in a row now, where the men, There there's 12 of them, who met, am I right, the second week, there was 12 of you guys, anyone, can you confirm that, yes, that's amazing, okay, 5:30 in the morning, that's showing God, we're serious, God, we want to see you move in our lives, okay, that's dedication, and so you got to do that every week, okay, guys, Uh, you know but you know that's what i mean right it's it's doing those things that uh you know laying aside the time where we could totally get two for some people half an hour more sleep some people two more hours sleep saying you know god i'm just gonna lay this down because i want you you know for some of us it may mean coming out to 7 a.m prayer meeting on tuesdays coming out to prayer on wednesday nights going to the missions prayer meeting tuesday nights you know for some of us, what, what, it, it, might, it might be joining a life group. It might be uh, connecting with other believers once a week, at, except church, you know. I don't know what it might be for you. But we need to ask the Lord, what are those things in our lives that we, can, that we need to do to make him the functional Lord of our life? Because church, that is the key. That is one of the two keys that we need in order for renewal to come to this church. Number one, we need to pray. And, you know, thank the Lord we are a praying church. I believe we need to increase the temperature of the prayer. And I believe we will. You know, just to hear the unison prayer. Last week, I just want you to know, okay, when uh, Lori Given was up here and he was sharing about India and he had some prayer requests and then we said, let's all pray together in one voice, I heard people's prayers, Do you know how proud, I was so proud, man. I was like so happy. Yes, God, we did it. Yes, this is awesome. We were doing it. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, this is it, Lord. Holy Spirit, move. We are a praying church. I just want you to know there, we talk about this in in, uh, pastor circles, how difficult it is to get prayer in a church. Seriously, it is. But we're already there. Let's continue on that path. And we're going to see revival. Number two, and this is where it hits us really on an individual basis. Different people, it'll be different things. We need to make Jesus our Lord, our functional Lord, the one we live for, the one we look to in every circumstance of our lives. He truly brings us a peace that surpasses all understanding. In whatever circumstance we face, it's amazing. And we encounter him in a powerful way when he becomes functional, Lord, and our lives are truly satisfied in him. Those two things, if we continue on that path, church, we are going to see renewal here. We are going to see revival. Lives will be changed and transformed. We're going to see new people coming into the church, brand new. They won't know how to turn to the book of Lamentations. We're going to have to teach them. Okay? It's going to be great. It's coming. So let's get ready. So let's just take a moment right now. Let's bow our heads. Let's take a moment of silence. And just ask the Lord to speak to you. I believe we can hear His voice. Ask the Lord to speak to you in the area of making Him functional, Lord, in our lives. What do we need to do? What do we need to undo? What do we need to let go? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are your sheep, Jesus. We are your sheep, and your sheep hear your voice. We want to follow you, and sometimes following you means. Removing the roadblocks, the stumbling blocks, the weight that is upon our shoulders, whatever it might be, Lord, the things that get in the way. Some of us, we might not even see what it is. God, would you show us? It may not be right now. It could be throughout the week. But Father, we we want you to show us what are those things, what are some of those areas uh, that we need to let go of or we need to... um, include in order to make you functional Lord of our lives. Because God, we believe that you want us to, you know, follow you, to make you Lord, not so that we would be like in an earthly slave relationship, but because we find our life. We truly find it in you. So church so Father, we ask that this church would be a church that is alive, full of life, full of you, that you would be the functional Lord of our lives as a church, as a collective. You would be our Lord, the one we live for, the one we live to glorify, the one we listen to, the one that guides us, that we would do what you say. Help us to walk on that path, Lord. Renew us, O Lord. Restore us to yourself. Renew our days as of old, that we may bring glory to your name, that your kingdom would come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless.